one. Welcome back to the Monday Mashup, the podcast we bring you each and every week on the upper tier over there on YouTube. Head over there, smash that subscribe button and bell notification to be notified of when we drop content, which is every day at this stage. We'll be giving the audio versions of the show out there, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music and Spotify. And if you'd like to contact the show, the upper tier podcast at gmail.com and on Twitter at the underscore upper underscore tier. Joining me tonight for the mashup, my brothers in arms, Mark, our resident referee. How are we, Mark? How's it going, lads? And before we get into it, just want to wish the glue of the upper tier a big happy birthday. Happy birthday, cuz. 21 yesterday. Thanks very much. Was that? <laughs> it, was, it was great becoming 25 again. <laughs> Straight down to the pod. Absolutely. <laughs> Go for a night out, a proper night out, yeah. Also joining me as always on the mashup, my brother in arms as well. Dazzler, how are we, Dazzler? I'm all good, Noel. Happy birthday, pal. Thanks, Monday bro. night. Monday nights don't get any better. Yeah, I'll mash up. And tonight, lads, I have a little special for you. Oh. How sweet are they, baby? The sweet hey. Give it a big sweet, big, give it a big sweet shout out to Sweet King. Hit the lads up there down in Cork. Some of the best jellies you will get your hands on, lads. This one tonight is a little mix of fizzies and non-fizzies. This is the mini mix, and you will hear me mini munching as we're going through this, yeah? This is the, the not-so-fizzy mix. <laughs> what are we going for first? Right, <laughs> let's begin. <laughs> everyone always, starts, to be everyone always starts with some sort of a strawberry mixture anyway, don't they? Always? Like, like, strawberry like someone, it's like someone tickling your balls. Just... Nice. I hope there's one of those fried eggs in there because if those fried eggs aren't in there, I'm going to be very disappointed. There has to be a fried egg in there. In Emmons, Noel. Oh, hey. look at that. And the, nice, and the nice, the runny yolk and all on it and everything. Oh, Lovely. Yeah. Happy days. Right, let's I get into this. Like a <laughs> We've got plenty of talking points to go through tonight, so we'll start. I'll run down through the results from the weekend anyway. West Ham 1, Newcastle 1. Arsenal 2, Brentford 1. Aston Villa nil, Watford 1, one of the shocks of the weekend. Another one, Brighton nil, Burnley 3, another shock. Liverpool 3, Norwich 1, maybe a shock from the first goal, but that's about it. Southampton 2, Everton nil, Crystal Palace nil, Chelsea 1. Man City 2, Spurs 3, another shock. Then we went into Sunday, a proper battle in testing conditions. Leeds 2, Man United 4, and Wolves 2, Leicester 1. Um, where do we begin? Let's talk about the title race and the top four race. I think that's where we should begin anyway. Um, Mark, title race, yeah, it was blown open again, wasn't it? On uh, on Saturday, a uh, great result for Spurs, obviously. Um, and obviously, you was winning against Norwich. Norwich kind of gave us a little scare, didn't they, on Saturday afternoon? If, if Tim Pukki had been in a the goal scorer he probably was two years ago would have been a different story, really, you know. But um, then for like, I would have thought it would have been a score draw. To be honest with you, between uh, Spurs and City, Spurs have been kind of a bogey team for City over the last few seasons in terms of results. So, um, it was just a mad game, wasn't it, lads? Yeah, I would have took your hand off for a score draw, Darren. Yeah, listen, it's it's race on, isn't it? You know, absolutely. Um. It's obviously the title race now is a two horse race, you know. It's Liverpool and it's and it's City. But outside of that, I mean, the top four race is really hotting up. You know, you could have any of five or six clubs, you know, 
Chelsea and United obviously in the spots now, but they're going to have to tough it out with the likes of West Ham and Wolves and uh, and Arsenal. You know, this is going to really go down to the wire, I think. Yeah, see, I'm thinking, I'm thinking with the the reason I mentioned them together is because they're so linked. Because I think the boys that are chasing the top four are going to be the boys that dictate particularly where the title goes. If you oh, look at what fixtures are coming up, mm-hmm. especially in the next five weeks, um, a lot of people are turning around going, oh, well, Liverpool, you know, that game, everyone's talking about that game at the Etihad. I think with the, the fixtures that are coming up over the next few weeks, let's say next four or five weeks prior to getting to the Etihad, I, I think the way the title could go, that fixture at the Etihad may not be as pivotal as people think. Um, looking at some of the fixtures that are coming up. Um, I think United are going to have a big say in it, no doubt about it, um, when they play City, because they're still going to be in the top four race, so they're still going to try and put it up to City. Um, I don't think they're going to have all their way against Everton at Goodison this weekend either. Um, and we'll have a couple of interesting um, toys coming up as well. I think we've got Leeds midweek, um, which won't be easy, but you'd expect us to get over the line with the way Leeds are leaking Let's goals. be honest, that will be easy. But I think then, have we West Ham is it at the weekend? I think it's West Ham, isn't it? I think it's West Ham at the weekend. And that ain't going to be easy, especially based on what we seen earlier in the season. They could be our bogey team. Could be. Um, but yeah, and, and West Ham weren't great on Saturday against Newcastle. I was watching. I was watching if Jared did Bowen well, was very... Did well, to get a, did well to get a dry over. Yeah, yeah. Bowen had a very, very quiet second half. Um, Antonio didn't really get many chances either, you know? Saving themselves for the weekend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you did you look at it, Mark, and did you think that as unbelievable as Bowen has been, that it just looks like it's catching up with him being the figurehead for all of this? Absolutely. I was I was I was only saying that to me dad over the phone then um, yeah. on, on Saturday afternoon. He looks tired, he looks like he's been carrying the team. We know how important his assists and his goals have been, especially his goals, because like I said, Antonio hasn't been uh, pulling his weight really, has he? No. Um, so yeah, you can see it's catching up on them, and I just think they will they will falter over the next few weeks. To be honest with you, I was listening. Um, I was listening to the commentary on that game, and at one stage, um, Mikel Antonio picked up the ball out on the left, and your man said, "What do you expect him to do? Cross the ball into himself?" Yeah, yeah, and he was crossing the ball in, and that was the commentary that was there. He should be the guy on the end of them, not the guy crossing them in. But um, massive but fall I, off Mikel Antonio this season, hasn't there compared to what, where he was he, previous? What yeah. he found. About him on Saturday, which we'll talk about Lukaku later on. Antonio was actually dropping deep to try to get the ball because he wasn't getting the, the supply up front. Where someone like a Lukaku, well, you've you seen even how deep Harry Kane was going against City to get the ball. Remember the ball he played through for Song for the first goal and Song squared it. So Antonio's doing that. But like I said, when the lads in front of him aren't performing, I thought Declan Rice had an average game and it was just, it, it wasn't clicking for them at all, you know. But, um, like I said, Bowen had a really, really quiet game, and you can see that affects the whole the whole structure of the game plan. I I think West Ham are really suffering from not having an out and out striker. I know in January they put an awful lot of you know cards on the table to try and get lads, and and nothing kind of worked out for me in the end. I know they had um they had a request torn down for the boy Duvan Zapata. They put the the papers in for him, but it was, it was after the the final Too whistle, so to speak. And they didn't get it done, but but I really feel like that could be the difference between them getting a the top four and not. Yeah. Um, you know, because I think if they had that figurehead, if they had that striker, um, because I think the build up play around is quite good, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um the little give and goes and all your man 
Ben Rabbit, sorry, uh, when he got ben taken Rabbit. off, did you see no, him no, and no, Moyes? No. Did you see him and Moyes having a go off each yeah. other? It was nearly coming to blows, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and he yeah. had a he had a poor game as well. In fairness, mm. I gotta I gotta say though, my my absolute favorite part of the Newcastle West Ham game is the reports that Craig Dawson had to speak to the referee. Because Chris Wood was meowing at Courts Hill. Yeah, it was brilliant. I was reading it going. I just, I had thought of this last week. Someone has to deal with him. And it, oh, it was brilliant. But what we're talking, ta- sorry, Dazzle, what we're talking about, how bad has Chris Wood been as well? Sorry, go ahead, Dazzle. Well, the first thing I thought was, should I go out and buy a Chris Wood jersey? Because this is <laughs> housery of the highest order. That was brilliant. And the second thing I thought was, like, when when he's making that case to the referee, like ref, he's meowing at him. And then what's the ref gonna say? How do you think the cat fell, pal? <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did you see? Did you see the picture of your man? Uh, did you see the picture of the? Uh, was it the um, the Newcastle fan oh, heading the to the West Ham game? And he'd all the blow up cats, all the inflatable oh, little cats. Oh yeah. my god! I tell you, Jesus, you'll never just... hear the end of it. Mark, you're, Mark, you're in the tunnel. Craig Dawson comes up to you and he says this to you. How would you react as a ref? I just laugh it off. Like, there's what? What can you do? If I always say, listen, when I wanna, when I wanna fill the play at the weekend, our ref, he's after saying that. If I don't hear, it, I can't do anything about it. Do you know what, what I mean? What That's do you do? What do you? That. Yeah, but what do you do if you hear it? You have to act upon it. You could put it down to unsportsmanship and, and give him a caution. Unsportsmanship behavior and just caution him. VAR, I might rule it out though, would they? <laughs> It depends who's in Stockley Park. It depends on whether the guy in Stockley Park is a dog lover or a cat That's lover, it. doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it was, um, yeah, you're right, Darren. It was absolutely brilliant. Just, it's, 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 brilliant. All about, it's all about those dark arts and what doesn't get yeah. seen. You know? Yeah. I have a, a good friend of mine who plays a lot of rugby and he plays in the front row and he says he can guarantee the very first scrum they take every week, his team will get a penalty because he reaches across and licks the other guy's ear. And when your man pops up out of the scrum, the rest straight away blows penalty. And he no said he does it every time. And he says, I go into that scrum. He said, All you can hear is fellas saying stuff about the other guy's wife, his kids, his mother, and you're just thinking, if anyone heard what goes on in here, but that's the like that's the beauty yeah. of this, you know. Really <laughs> and you get to a stage where we'd be micing up the players as well as the refs. Absolutely. <laughs> are gone. Um, Mark, let's move on. Paul Tierney. Let's have a chat yes. about Paul Tierney. Darren highlighted, obviously, in the match reaction yesterday yeah, on the yeah. Stratford Sessions, but um, we thought we'd have you on to have a chat about him. Listen, yeah, as a referee, and I agree about everything that I said yesterday, as a referee, um, your first decision in the match sets the tone for the whole game. Um, that challenge on Wan-Bissaka, even the Leeds players stopped. They were looking gone, and then they kind of played on. Um, he, he should have... To me, anyway, he should have uh, cautioned Matt Connolly for the for the challenge as well. Um, Matt Connolly was a lucky, lucky boy to stay in the pitch. To be honest with you, um, but I will say this as well: Tierney has a reputation for these decisions. Uh, Noel, I don't know if you remember the Spurs and Liverpool game where Harry Kane uh, made that horrendous challenge and only got a yellow card. It was the referee. Yeah. Mr. Paul Tierney. Yeah. Um, on Saturday as well, I don't know if you've seen it, lads. I thought Danny Ng should have had a penalty uh, against Wofford. Uh, oh, no. Referee said no penalty. Who was in VAR on Saturday in charge of VAR? Mr. Paul Tierney. Then you go back again. 
Harry Kane's goal. Remember the one that was disallowed uh, against Chelsea, Thiago Silva, who was in charge, Mr. Paul Tierney. Um, so all these add up. I, I listen, guys. I know what you were saying about uh, sending them down to the demoting them to the Championship, League One, League Two. I think he should be stood down. They should be stood down for a few weeks completely, and not give even given the satisfaction of refereeing in League One, League Two or Championship. You know, because um, yeah. as a player, you're saying this referee is making mistakes in the Premier League. Yet they're sending them down to us. Like you know, it doesn't. I, I, I know where you're coming from because it has been done in the past, but. I, I really yeah. think they should be stood down. Um, so I wasn't impressed with his performance at all, to be honest. Tell us this, Mark. How Standing a ref down, how does that fix it? You mentioned to me off-camera before we started the show that he's a Premier League ref now for eight years. Mm. Like, if he's constantly making these mistakes, and I mean, I'm sure there's referees there that are having a word and saying, you know, maybe, you know, colleagues saying, you know, you probably got that one wrong and you got that one wrong. What are you thinking? And, and if it's more happening more often than not, and you're saying, yeah, potentially stand him down, how does standing them down fix it? Now, I know I get your point as well that if you shift them down into the other leagues, you're just passing the problem down. But how does standing them down fix it? Because like you're talking about a guy, he's eight years of Premier League referee. It's probably ingrained in him at this stage. It is, but in fairness, like if say he makes the mistakes he makes and he goes out next week, he makes the same mistake. You know, the media, the fans are all going to be saying, well, why did the FA react? But then you're saying if they do react, you know, if if he's off for a few weeks, he might be able to sit down where he's from in Lancashire, sit down and and reassess his uh, his refereeing skills because uh, like it's, like I mentioned, them that's just over the course of the last few months those mistakes I just mentioned previously, you know, and mm-hmm. um, that's not not to say what happened last season and the season before because uh, if you do look back on some of the t- decisions he's made, there's been a few more as well than the ones I've mentioned. But um, like I said, the mountain, I, I don't see the case in, in the mountain referees to the championship. Like there is quality referees already in the championship, League One, League Two, which I'd like to see promoted. But to demote the other sound that made mistakes, it's not really mm. setting a precedence to, to, the, to the players and, and the fans of, of those respected leagues, you know? Yeah, I think I suppose the worrying thing yesterday, and Darren highlighted it yesterday, was that like, you know, the situation became so dangerous yesterday with the conditions as well and yeah, stuff like absolutely. that. And, and this is where someone ends up with a broken foot or a broken that's, leg or that's something. The happens, team. You know? Like I said, Noel, when your first decision in a game sets the tone. So say if I'm out there and someone kind of nudges someone in the back and I give a free kick, they'd be like, right, we're not going to get away with much today. Do you know what I mean? But seeing the decision he made for the first tackle, they were thinking, Jesus, we're going to get away with a lot here. And then the United players are thinking, right, we're going to get we're going to get leads back now. We're going to get them even harder. And that's when you create a, a dangerous situation on the field of play. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, that's what happened yesterday. We've seen the pictures of Scott McConaughey's ankle today. Um, yeah. the, the lad off leads who should have been straight off the off the field of play, to be honest with you, after the head injury. Um, so it it accumulates into, into what we seen yesterday. And like I said, that first decision sets the tone for the whole game. Um, you have to be you have to be strict with your first decision um, and to let people know they can't get away with decisions, you know? Yeah, I see, I seen Darren yesterday. A lot of other fan channels after the match were turning around and going, that's what we want now, a proper old-fashioned old-school game. It's not really um, what we want at all if one of your key players ends up with a broken foot or a broken leg. Well, here's the thing. How quickly are you going to turn off some of the best footballers in the world, if they're the conditions they have to come and play in. Yeah. You know, do you think if Haaland has an opportunity to go 
to Man City and be kicked up and down up and down Turf Moor or up and down Lennon Road, or he can go to Spain to to Real and head down to Levante and Granada and get a bit of sun on his back and you know, fella, look at him and you get a free kick. What are you going to take? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking at Holland. I think Holland would fancy the Real. We'd be like Brock Lesnar, F5 and lads all around the pitch and everything. If we thought Paul Tierney was refereeing and there'd be no cards from it. But it's not just about enforcing the laws of the game. You're right. there for the safety of the players on the pitch. You're in charge of their safety and well-being on, on, on that given day. And he let the players down with his decision-making, to be honest. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's a, it's certainly an interesting one. We'll have to keep an eye on and watch. Um, is there just before you go on? Yeah, is that does it say an awful lot about his level of arrogance that you know he's compiled this list of faux pas and decisions, yet he still keeps doing it, yeah. where he's not maybe questioning himself. Where let I me mean, yesterday. He could obviously go and have a look at things in the VAR if he wanted to. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. sure he could mention the VAR. Yeah. Can I come and have a look at this one again? I'm not yeah. too sure on it. And get the decision right there and then. Yeah. But the guy, you know, there's, there's definitely a level of arrogance here as well. Absolutely. That right, you're wrong. And I think when I when I seen his interaction with the players as well, that was something else that I wasn't chuffed with. Mm. I have to say, I just felt like, you know, he was so you know, laid back and blasé about the whole thing and you just thought somebody could get get the leg broken here and this boy yeah. is just, you know, and you just yeah. thought this is the wrong kind of attitude to have completely, you know? Yeah, no, and if you look at it, you look at one of the main referees in the Premier League, which all the other referees look up to and his arrogance in a certain Mr. Mike Dean, um, that's that's the level that they're looking up to. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember Middlesbrough played Coventry there two weeks ago, the week before, you know, we played Middlesbrough in the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in. He was refereeing that match on Mr. Mike Dean. He got demoted for that week, which didn't go out in the media or anything. But if you go back and look at the highlights, Mike Dean's in charge. So um, yeah, yeah, there's just yeah, yeah. I'm just sick, sick of seeing some of the some of the level of of refereeing and decision making that goes on on a weekly basis. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Linked to that game, lads, as well, the PFA renews calls for this temporary concussion substitution, um, which I think is something that's happened. I mean, Darren, you mentioned it yesterday. That boy Coke, when he was on the ground, he didn't know where he was. He was absolutely banjoed. He said, I can see things flashing. But the the strange thing was, and this is where, having listened to Martin Tyler and Gary Neville as they were commentating on the game, Leeds could have invoked the fourth substitution rule. Yeah. which was the concussion uh, substitution. And they didn't do it on the basis that that would have given you a night of the fourth substitution as well. Exactly, yeah. And you just thought, okay, so now we're ta- taking a tactical decision yeah. over the welfare of one of our players. As the lad said in the commentary, they don't make the decision. It's taken out of their hands. If there has to be, you know, a neutral doctor there at the venue, they make the call. If they say he goes off, he goes off. If they says he continues, he continues. End of story. You make your substitution and the other team gets the extra one and it's over and done. Yeah. And, and that's a, you're a rugby fan, aren't you? Isn't it the way it yeah. works? If there's a head injury, the sub goes on. He's uh, checked out on the side of the pitch. If he's okay to continue to swap over. Yeah. And they, maybe yeah. they should look into doing something like that. But I think for everyone that was watching it, everyone in the stadium could see that 
he, he couldn't carry on. I don't know how he lasted as long as he did when he came on after, or when he went back on. And, and don't forget, this isn't the first time this has happened recently. Yeah. Sadio Mane scored the goal at the AFCON, wild concussion, yeah. and they had to pick him up after the celebration. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and you can't look at footballers at this time of a level and, and not get to see the talent that they have based on the fact that their career was shook, cut short by something like this. It's, it's not, yeah. you know, it's not okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and we move on then. Obviously, Christian Eriksen set for Brentford debut against Newcastle United. Um, I have to say this is, and I've said it before. Um, I'm I'm excited to see him back playing football, and excited to see him back playing football in the Premier League. I think he'll be a uh, very influential for Brentford. But there is that thing in the back of my mind that I think, and I know they've obviously done medicals and all the protocols and everything that should be done. But I, I still have that in the back of my mind that when I do see him on the pitch and if someone goes in for a heavy tackle or if he goes down or something like that, I'll be kind of... Yeah. I'll be concerned about it, you know? Now, now, here's the only thing, though. Don't forget, there was no tackle when he went down the first time. Mm. So if someone wants to break his leg, it's a very different story than his heart giving out, you know? No, but I don't mean that. I mean, if he, I mean, if he goes down under a tackle. I'm 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 second guessing. Is it the tackle or is it that he's gone down? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I wouldn't worry about the tackle side of it. I'd yeah. be happy enough to go away. I'd be just saying if he's running down that sideline and he pulls up again, that's yeah. when it's going to get very uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm. Um, but you know, I think the one thing the, the residing and the overriding feeling with this is is one of joy. Yeah. You know, yeah. because yeah. I remember the day we were obviously on the WhatsApp with each other. Um, and and I was I was playing golf with my uncle, and we were actually in the pro shop, and it was on in the TV, and he and he went down, and he was just like I was standing on the putting green before we played golf, and I was just like Jesus Christ, like my head was gone, and and I was thinking, what's that got to be like for the Danish lads, you know, and what happens if if he doesn't make it through here? And it was just, it was it was a change in um, changing all the time, you know, and you, you were getting these reports that he's, he's okay, he's not okay, he's done this, he it was so difficult. Great to see him back. Uh, even better to see him back today. Um, he had two assists today against uh, a Rangers team. Uh, Brentford turned him over. So, again, I mean, could you really argue with that? Absolutely no. not. No, absolutely <laughs> yeah, It's great seeing him in the pictures and the jersey playing for the 23s and all, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Darren always mentions that game of golf as well. That was the day he went out and shot an 85 and he blamed it on being a bit distracted over the Christian Eriksen situation. But the less said about that, the better. He missed all those puts on that practice putting green watching it as well. So I heard that's what the son told me. Andrew, cheers, Andrew. Tell me, get me the and, uh, that Dazzler, when you when you sit down to watch that Brentford game, what uh, what snack or sweet will you be having when you're watching Brentford against Newcastle? Mark, I'll have sweet king. Love it, love it. Because these are tasty boys. We're getting through this bag, i got to tell you. <laughs> I just noticed there, that's after vanishing. Sweetking.com for all your all the best in confectionery, plain and fizzies. They do a couple of the American sweets as well. Look. I think I think you've been doubling up on them while me and Mark were talking about Paul Tierney there, where were you? I just I took my <laughs> eye off you there for a few minutes. I have to keep an eye on you in future. Um, bit of positivity coming out for both you boys, lads. Uh, Roy Kane talking up United for a change, saying that um, Jaden Sancho, he's grown in confidence as an, and is getting the United way. He's getting braver and showing a bit more courage. 
Um, that'll be great for the lad as well. He'll take that on board as well. Prize from Kano was big prize around the United Corridors, isn't it? I think he must have sprayed the wrong aftershave yesterday or something, Kane. Because you know what? He actually had a lot of good to say about Eric Cantona yes, before yeah, the game started. And I kind of thought, God, Roy's in an awfully good humour there today, you know? Um, he obviously got out of the bed on the right side, or maybe got out of someone else's bed. I don't know, just speculating. And uh, well, if he was talking about Cantona, it must have been the John Paul Gautier, not the old spice, then was it? Dazzler, uh, it was sweet of him to talk about the king, wasn't it? It was sweet, of him, Mark. I like what you did there, See pal. That. See that. That. Nice. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like he Sancho, you know, we've spoken about him on the previews and the reviews and the mashup and everything, he's he's flying. He's absolutely flying. Looks like a kid with a lot of confidence. Looks like a kid that could, you know, next season when he gets a run of games, could get double digits in the goals and the assist market. Yeah. That will be huge for us. Absolutely. If he can get if he can get 25 goal involvements next season between goals and assists, that will be massive for Man United next year. Massive. And I firmly believe the way he's hit the ground run the last few weeks, if he can prolong that and keep the foot the accelerator, we could see that. That'd be huge. Yeah, yeah, that should be the expectation for the lad anyway. He's, he's an exceptional footballer. Yeah. Um, two two guys I want to bring up here, um, but with contrasting situations. Did you know? Did you know that this is how you're supposed to eat your dummy? You know that bit goes through there. No, oh, you, no, and it, Wait, and no. It, oh, it turns it, into it, a dummy. Did you not know that? No, 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 no. When you put that bit through there, that's how you end up with a baby and having to go out and buy dummies. I'm just saying. (laughs) Let's talk, first of all, Lukaku. Two touches in the first half, seven touches in the overall game. Um, Getting an awful lot of heat from the Chelsea fan base. Um, Everything seems to revert back to the... The, the Sky Italia interview, uh, interview yeah. but uh, and one of those touches was from kickoff. <laughs> yeah, one of the touches was the tip off as well. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't know. Is he? I, I'm trying to. I'm not too sure. It's a combination of him, but I mean, is he? Is he? Is he getting the service that he needs? A lot of the talk that we talk about is we need partnerships. Okay, so we talk about Good Johnson and Hasselbank. We talk about Drogba and Lampard. You know what I mean? We talk about. You know, whoever else in terms of yeah, Harry, Ka- yeah, Harry on, Kane and Son. Hold on, you know? Kane and Son playing the same position. Lampard and Drogba don't. Lampard was a midfielder. Drogba was a striker, right? Yeah, but Lam- Lampard was very much a forward-thinking midfielder, and he was yeah, always he in around. He was late to the party. Mm. You know, he was arriving on that eighteen-yard yeah. box at the last minute, and he popped one in, and it was down to Frank's good play. It wasn't down to what Drogba did. Let's but, not give this fella an out of an out of jail card. He has but, been woeful this season. However, the one thing I will say is we told you at the start of the season he was going to be woeful. How do we know that? Because every other season he's been in the Premier League, he's been woeful as well. Yeah. He was very poor at United. He was he was slightly above average at Everton, right? Which anyone can do that. Donny van der Beek looked like a footballer two weeks ago, right? Uh, he got shown up the weekend at Southampton, by the way, by the way, by the but a boy James Ward Prowse, his stats from from the weekend were horrific, and we go through them later. But Lukaku has always been that guy that was able to pop up when you were winning four 0 He's not there at nil nil. He's not there when it's when you're playing City, when you're away at Spurs, when you go to United. The guy only shows up in the little games. He's a small mentality player. 
The only reason things went well for Matt in, in Italy is the pace of play, they all need Zimmer friends. And even Lukaku was able to look like an athlete over there. Like, honest to God, the chap... He, he like, also he, he also had a phenomenal partner in Latoura Martinez as well, if you remember, and Alexi Sanchez, and Alexi Sanchez as well, yeah. Um, well, now like I was saying at the top of the show, I think the difference is he's very lazy. He doesn't track back when the ball's not up the top of the pit field. He doesn't want to know. Where, like I said, I was watching Antonio against Newcastle when it wasn't going his way, when he wasn't getting the service, he was dropping deep, he was tracking back. Uh, Kane was the same against City, but he just looks so lazy when he's not involved, you know. Yeah. And and to think, what did he cost? hundred million. Yeah, the the guts of it anyway. Ninety yard anyway. Yeah, it's a lot of money, isn't it? And they've now on there to switch it out. How bad, imagine how bad Ronaldo's been, and he's been better than Lukaku this season. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Imagine if Ronaldo was operating in that Chelsea team as well, with the talent that they have as well. Um, I also, I also, when I looked at it today as well, I was thinking. At the start of the season, he was doing reasonably well, but you had Chilwell in there and you had Reese James. That definitely has to be three or four in one go, is it? Or is that a single one? That's a single. Jesus. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think as well the loss of Chilwell and the loss of Reese James as well as being pivotal in the way that he plays as well. And that's not taken away from the fact that we agree that he's lazy and you know he just isn't doing the business and Chelsea are going to have to make a big decision on that. And that between that and Werner as well, they have big decisions to make this summer. Um, the the counter flip side of that one pair Emmerich Aubameyang for Barcelona at the weekend scored a hat trick, um, and he's the first player in the twenty first century to score hat tricks. Please, please go on, go on. He didn't score a hat trick. Says that he scored a hat trick. It says beans in the bus, but he don't serve. Yeah, S- said that he scored did, a hat trick. Did you watch the game? I didn't. Okay, go and watch the tour goal that they're crediting him with. Please. Did, boy, they, boy. did they credit him with it? They credit him with it. Then he scored a hat trick. I'm not having it. Well, it doesn't matter it. whether you're having it. His bonus boy. this week and his pay packets having it. No, I'm not even having it. <laughs> so, anyway, to move on, that's a hat trick he has in the Premier League, League One, Bundesliga, and now La Liga. I didn't see any of the match now, so I can't comment. I didn't see what? the match. I just wanted to raise the point. I, I saw I saw the game. I didn't see the whole game. I saw the highlights though. Was Paul Tierney refereeing it? No, thank God. <laughs> did did uh, he get stuck in traffic outside the new camp? Did he? <laughs> but I'll tell you who I'll tell you who uh, who had an assist as well. Uh, one Brian Hill, the Spurs lads, yeah. had a great assist for the uh, Valencia goal. Whipped in a lovely ball from the left hand side. Very cultured left foot that kid has. Put it onto a sixpence there in the middle to make it three one. Um, and then I think it was Gabby yeah. picked the ball just outside of the area and took a shot and Aubameyang ducked out of the way and as he ducked out of the way it glanced off his back and went into the goal now for me I don't think it even changes direction the glance is so little and they all ran off and they they uh, celebrated with Gabby and Aubameyang the... went and got the ball <laughs> no no he went and celebrated with Gavi he went over to him and he high five and he gave him the whole shoot match but on live score they credited the goal to Gavi yeah then Sports News they credited the goal to Aubameyang then if you look on soccer somewhere else they credited to Gavi so there was even contention as to who was credited the goal so 
I'd, I'd have a little asterisk beside that hat trick and I just want to know, was it legit? If any of us are scoring that, we're taking the goal and the hat trick and the ball. I don't care who it is. I do win five as well. Absolutely. Um, couple of things that have come up, lads, over the last week or so. We've seen Phil Foden uh, attending the Kelbrook uh, American fight and um, getting into a bit of a fracas with a couple of fills. Um, and his mother ends up getting punched. Um, anyone say that? Anyone say their thoughts on that? Or? Yeah, yeah, I, I saw it. Yeah, have to say, it wouldn't have arrived the album, would you? No, no, she was I... built like bleeding Rikishi. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be coming up, rocking up, having a row with her. I have to tell you. The other thing I will say is, Fowden want to have a little look down them Calvin clients because he was really missing a set of bollocks when it was going down and he was hiding yeah. behind the mother. Swinging his arms like bleeding Jordan Pickford with them little dinosaur hands. And then your man picked up a fire extinguisher, his mate. Smashing it off your man like get a hobby, lads. I was I was thinking um And that was and that was me opportunity to go in on you because they were Liverpool fans apparently. But yeah. I didn't even do that. <laughs> the other the other thing I was thinking after looking at the Cal Broke American fight, I was thinking that the punch that was thrown at the Ma was probably the best punch of the night, was it? No? And then someone said on a, someone said on <laughs> Facebook or whatever that Fowler's man has a better chin than can. Without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. But I was kind of I was kind of thinking. I'm here. Yeah, but I was thinking. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of thinking. Um, I don't know what I'd do if I was out on a social night and someone punched my mum. I'd absolutely kill someone. I think. Ah, oh, you'd annihilate them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just looking to get your thoughts. The only question we'd have is, who the fuck goes out that man? What a bleeding loser. Jesus Christ, man. I've been on many a piss up with me, man. Have a bit of self-respect, Luke. What do you got? Your oh, Come on, boys. Let's go to the fight. Yeah, all right. I'm bringing me out. Actually, for him, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Christ. Um. Let's quick chat about Antonio Rudiger, lads. Um, apparently, Sky Sports are reporting today that um, there's no major talks going on over a new Chelsea contract, and Man United are sitting in alert mode, waiting for this to go down. Um, would you fancy Antonio Rudiger at United? Yep. I don't know. Like I'm saying, like I'm not his biggest fan. He did a job for us, but neither is Darren. Darren's not I'm, his biggest fan either. I'm not his biggest fan, but I tell you, <laughs> yeah. let's have this. Let's weigh things up here. <laughs> Against what we have already. Yeah. Harry Maguire. Yeah, yeah. And Tony Rudiger. Yeah. Harry Maguire. And Tony Rudiger. <laughs> that would be the best 350 grand a week we could spend. Yeah. Purely to get Maguire out of the team. Oh, no, absolutely. I agree there. But... Like, it's a no-brainer. Well, looking at the last week's information, it doesn't necessarily mean signing him that Harry Maguire will be dropped. If, if <laughs> he comes in, Harry's out. Facts. You're enjoying those sweets way too much. Pete, when it was amazing. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, Mark, myself and Darren spoke earlier. We did a Premier League preview for the midweek games. We spoke highly about Bruno Laga and the job he's done at Wolves. Yeah, um, what, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I on the I think at the start of the season I, I thought they'd be there there bouncing in the relegation zone. Um, Ted, if you're watching, fair play to you. Um, 
Yeah, he's done. He's done an amazing job. Great turnaround. He's the likes of Jimenez back on form, and you know you're seeing Den Donker score a few weeks ago and stuff like that. So there are the goals are coming from everywhere, you know, um, and they've they like they've dug out results in, in big enough games for themselves as well. So fair play to them, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll round it out on a um a plus now for you, Man United fans, obviously. Uh, John Terry did an Instagram Q&A there the other day and he was asked about the defenders in the Premier League and about one, Amanda Vidic. And he was full of praise for Amanda Vidic, um, how good that he was. Um, and even in comparison to himself and stuff like that, he said he was up there with John Terry. There's no doubt about it. Um, but he also mentioned that the greatest defender he ever seen play was Paolo Maldini, which is probably not surprising either. Um, but but great to hear him talking about the man David that way he was an exceptional defender for United John who? John Terry did he take panels? <laughs> Jesus Christ and he's, he's, yeah, talk, to, he's talking you had to slip that one in you had to slip that one in right there Jesus that a baby Dadler that a baby <laughs> Well, that was unbelievable, only. And yeah. come here, talking to Maldini, Dazzle, you I'm might be I'm able I'm to. Am I the only one who doesn't think Vidic was the best defender of the lot there, by the way? you going with Maldini. I'm going with, well, I'll tell you what, I, I don't even have, I probably wouldn't even have Vidic in my Premier League 11 or on the bench. No, man, I won't agree with you there. I thought it was I, I, I think. Vidic got away with an awful lot because of the guy he played alongside. Some, pe- some people argue a little bit of that the other way, in fairness. Yeah. No. I, thought you had, I thought you had Rios back for a while. Mm. Well, come here, Dazzar. I meant to ask you last week when we were doing the Champions League thing. Isn't <laughs> uh, Maldini a tennis player now, isn't he? I don't know. Was he hitting a ball? Yeah, I heard he's uh, become a professional tennis player. Yeah, yeah, genuinely, yeah. There's a punchline coming on there, so no, I thought no, there was a punchline coming. No, no, check it out. I'm really sure he's uh, becoming a, a, a tennis player over in Italy. Is he playing on the Masters circuit or something? I haven't a clue, but I've seen him and he's in he's some early, He's hardly playing the juniors, is he? <laughs> I was wondering. But uh, he's in some nick. I've seen a picture there a few weeks ago and I always loved him. Anyway, like I said, from watching uh, Football Italia on a Sunday afternoon with James Richardson and stuff, but... Uh, yeah, he's a tennis player now, man. Check it out. What a what a footballer, man. Oh, and yeah. what what a handsome devil as well. Let's give the man credit. Yeah. Like, you know, just he had it all, didn't he? Yeah. Mm. It's in their jeans, them I, I say when he went to Euros fired the Owens are throwing the knickers at him off. <laughs> we look forward to seeing him at Wimbledon, so <laughs> <laughs> Like that boy out of Greystones, we throwing skirts at one off. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. A few strawberries on Hemmings Hill. Dazzler, have you any strawberries in that packet from what's the name of that cookie? Yeah. <laughs> Turn around. Oh, I want to yeah. see the back now. Show me the back. <laughs> Good Lord, you polished the whole bag off. <laughs> My God. It was only the mini mix. I, I hope the serious steps on that apple watch there on your wrist. They come. <laughs> In a one kilo bag, damage to be done. That was only the three hundred gram bag, but they do come in a one kilo bag, and they are 
amazing. You're going to have a dumb tomorrow and it's going to look like a Calippo ice pop. You do realise <laughs> that, don't you? <laughs> I, 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 think, uh, I think Lukaku went one of those bags before he went out and sell her spark there on, on Saturday. I reckon he had one for each cheek. <laughs> one for each touch. <laughs> right, man. Till next time, an absolute pleasure. This has been your Monday mashup. We will be back during the week with match reactions, player ratings, previews, all the good stuff that we provide here in the upper tier. So head over there and drop a subscribe on it. If you want to contact the show, the upper tier podcast at gmail.com. Audio versions of the show, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Till next time, man. A pleasure. I